While she was a student, Liv Little often found herself asked to speak on behalf of all marginalized voices as the only person of color in a room. So she decided to build her own room. She founded Galdem Magazine, a place and community where anyone could talk not just about their trauma, but about their joys and passions. It was the creation of a home that helped and inspired many people over the eight years for which it ran. She then took that search for spiritual, emotional belonging as the theme for her debut novel, Rosewater. We meet like my main character when she's losing stability and like her sense of home and her safety. But there's also a lot of home that she's able to find in the people in her life. And I think for me, having a physical home that is my own, a place to return to is, is really important, but it's also about who, who and where and how do I feel safe. I'm Chris from Canopy and Stars, and this is A Life More Wild. You'll join Liv now for a walk along the Kent coast as she talks about creativity, loss, grounding herself by the sea, and trying to keep her socks dry. We're on a very pebbly, well, no, we're on a very sandy, actually, seaweedy beach. There are lots of, like, rocks and things kind of ahead of us. Um, I can see, like, a big kind of ferry boat in the, in the distance. We're right next to one of the tidal pools, so where people can go swimming. Um, I go to one, like, a little bit further up, and, um, but, yeah, but, but, but we're by one of the tidal pools. And to, to our right, there are more buildings that's pointing in the direction of the town and like some of the cute restaurants. There's, an, there's a pier, actually, which is really nice to sit on in the summer um, on the kind of like top level and have a drink. There's like a Caribbean restaurant on that pier, actually. Yeah, there's so much kind of intersecting and going on in this one spot even. Um, so many different kinds of people and... I don't know, vibes and connections to this place, I think. I'm someone that has always been drawn to um, the sea. I'm a water baby. I feel very comfortable in the water, near the water, by the water. Um, I'm like of Caribbean heritage. So I, I have a relationship with that body, with this body of water. Um, this is not the Caribbean for sure. But I think, you know, my partner and I were talking about this and there was a little piece of us that was searching for something that felt like home in that way. And there's something very peaceful about being by the sea and something very grounding actually about being by the sea. Something that reminds you that you're a small, that you're a small part of a much bigger thing. And I think there have been lots of transitions, changes in my life, a lot of loss, a lot of, 
a lot of beauty as well, a lot of joy. Um, but yeah, coming coming here and sticking my toes in the sand, taking off my shoes, and feeling where the water meets the meets the earth is there's something really yeah really grounding as I said about about that and we moved out of London two years ago in the pandemic amongst I think a lot of other people who were doing and feeling the same it's a lot easier for me to feel in my body I think here um, I love London, I do love South London, I love it, I love it, that's where I'm from, that's where my book is set, it's an important place to me, but this is also now an important place to me. We're just stepping through a pool of water <laughs> on the beach, trying not to soak our socks, which I love. Um, Growing up, um, nature has always been like a, an important part of my life. Like I would go, especially with my um, stepdad, my mum, my stepbrother, my little sister, we would, well, before my sister was even a thing, <laughs> we would go camping in like the Lake District, the Peak District, and like go gill, scam gill scrambling and like be it very much like in nature. And I loved that and I enjoyed that and I feel really like safe in that. And actually, like, when I was writing Rosewater as well, I had a friend of a friend of a friend that had someone's auntie or something had this little room in the bottom of her garden in Oxford, surrounded by, like, flowers. She grew flowers to sell in the market. And, um, and I sat there and I write, and I wrote the... I kind of, like, broke the initial part of the story. But um, there's something really special about me... I don't know. Feeling like when I'm in nature, I'm able to really just just focus on and, and be and be present in a way you know and just sit with myself and with my thoughts like my family I'm half Jamaican and half Guyanese right and so Jamaica which is you know the parish that I'm from St Elizabeth they call it like the like fruit basket of Jamaica it's like where so much kind of produce and things are grown and has a rich history and my dad died a year ago and like his love of Jamaica his desire to return to Jamaica is something that he's he's given me like he's given me Jamaica he's given me that rich culture and history and love of the land but yeah I mean it's a very different landscape it's a very different history it's a very different thing and I think it's not me say, expressing my love of it is not saying that it's without complications or issues or anything like that, but it's like, it just feels, it just feels really great. And I think I used to, when I would go on holiday, I used to like, this was also because I was really extremely anxious and stressed and like always under pressure with work. But I used to like have panic attacks often. And I'd have, I remember having one on a plane coming back from holiday because I was like, I have to go back to the UK and I have to go back to all of these things, right? And it's like, I don't have that anymore. Like I feel I'm like excited to come back to my home and to my partner and to like the home and the life that we have. And that feels really special. And that says a lot about what this, what these beaches I think have given me and there are so I can't even you know this is just one walk and talk 
kind of conversation that we're having here but I, I've had I have so many beautiful conversations with people where we are just walking that's a horse sorry someone's galloping over on a white horse <laughs> that's nuts I've not seen that before so wow and through the water it's giving I don't know, movie. I'm like, is that her personal horse or their personal horse? Like, what's going on? Anyway, there's a black and white, quite stunning stallion <laughs> running through the beach. I mean, I'm being published by two really amazing publishing houses, Dialogue Books in the UK and Get Lifted Books and John Legend's company in the US. Um, and like, I don't know, I spent a lot of time, a lot of my career kind of like supporting people and telling their stories and trying to do so with love and with care. And I feel like I've really ended up with companies or with people, editors, publishers who really get it and who have handled my work and me with a lot of care and a lot of love and genuine passion and enthusiasm for the work. And that's been really special. So my publisher here, Charmaine, she's like one of the most senior kind of like black women in publishing, I think, in Europe. And But she's also a really great friend and human being and person. And I had multiple offers, but it was a no-brainer that I would go with her. And um, I think with John Legend and his team, he has an amazing editor called Kaylin, who I've just loved working with. She's so smart. And it's been amazing, of course, to have John Legend's support and like input and also just I mean like I just like I like talking to people about characters and stories so it's been like it's fun to sit and talk with him and about the characters and the things and the themes and family and food and stuff that spoke to him about the work you know and we're all just people trying to make art and connect and like that's kind of what it is so of course it's fantastic and he's a and he's a huge name but it's also just been really nice on like a human level to see how that story has translated and connected with people here and also people in the US a lot of the themes and the things that are explored within the book they connect with people more broadly on like a human level because the themes of like home and belonging family of like figuring out your place of like the fears of vulnerability around opening yourself up to love of asking for help of like making art and making money from making art of finding security in a world which is really insecure and like all of those things are very like I suppose universal feelings so Galdem was a platform that I set up age 21, baby girl. Um, but really, it was born out of a desire to connect with, to find community, um, and um, yeah, with the remit to platform, I suppose the creative stories from people of color, from marginalized genders, but like across a broad spectrum of um, topics, because I think often in specifically the journalism landscape, you know, writers of colour tend to be asked solely to mine their trauma and as much as that might be a part of the experience that you want to share there's also needs to be space for joy and light and exploration I think really um, 
experimenting and being allowed the time and space to stay curious is important. Um, so yeah, and I did that for many years. I stepped back in 2020 to kind of focus on my own writing practice, my own well-being. <laughs> um, I would like to think that Galdem like has been able to kind of contribute to shifts in the wider media landscape. I think still riddled with issues and you know it's independent media it's like a hard thing to sustain but I think in terms of like the impact in terms of like even I don't know I suppose watching the ways in which I have grown and my peers have grown and like the way that everyone's creative practice have kind of shifted and has evolved and considering that was where a lot of us will have written our first kind of pieces I think it's been beautiful to map that and I meet a lot of young writers a lot of women a lot of like black women as well which like fills me with like warm feelings who say you know that was the first place that published me or it was a place where I read a story that I could really connect with and it and it meant a lot and it inspired me or what or whatever or I or I met my best friend through through it like I think those are really beautiful things and I think that legacy and that feeling those things never die you know even if the physical platform no longer exists that feeling that proof that actually like it is okay to take up space that to me is a really special beautiful thing and I feel really proud of all of the things that we achieved and I think eight years is it's pretty impressive really I'm not a I don't my brain just doesn't have the space to I suppose find like joy in creating and making work and so you know the move was the move out of that and towards something that is slightly more grounded and rooted in nature there were like many different layers as to why that was something that I needed and and my partner needed as well um and yeah so it was like it's not just like you move to the you move out of London and your life is fixed. You have to, there's like a lot of internal work and things that have to go on as well. A lot of healing, a lot of therapy, a lot of like resetting your life. Not necessarily your values, but the things that you value, as in the things that you prioritise. And I think, if for now, I feel, at the moment anyway, it feels like I have this quite, I'm getting somewhere in having like a balance where I love my work and, and I'm really enjoying it, but it's also not the most important part of my life. It's a part of my life. And like being happy and going for a walk and spending time with loved ones and taking time to be in nature, those things are like really important components for me. Being happy and being, being able to there, show up in the world and then make art and creativity that is full of joy and complexity and messiness and chaos and pain and heartbreak and love. Uh, and it's, I mean, I'm even just like, I'm literally, I'm looking around and I don't, it's interesting also, like, I don't always take a moment to really like actually look around at my surroundings properly and it's really special when you do, you know? Just again, like it's that thing where you, like, you think you're being present and then when you actually take a moment to just stop and look and there's some cliffs in the distance, um, you really see it and the birds and seagulls obviously run this town so there are seagulls everywhere. <laughs> I'm surprised that they're not squawking.
Um, and here, like this bar, in the summer, I remember when I first moved, I was like, are we in Ibiza or something? Because I'm like ordering a pina colada and it's like really hot. Um, and people are dancing and there are DJs and we're on the beach. And I know it's not that, but it felt kind of like I was on holiday. Um, but it's gorgeous and, you know, I think one of my first nights here, we had some drinks and then people were like, we're going to make a bonfire on the beach. And I was like, do I live in a film? Like, this is amazing that this is just what you do and barbecues on the beach. And I don't those those moments are really just beautiful and special. And so, yeah, that's where we are. <laughs> I love people are kind of like, oh, I'll come and I'll visit you when it's warm. And I'm like, it's actually kind of amazing when it's cold as well, because this thing of like mapping the different things that happen in a landscape. And I actually I love I love noticing when the sea is grey and when it's blistery and I have like my balaclava on and the sea is it looks like something different. And the colours look like they're the colours are deeper and richer, maybe. And like. It feels more atmosphere. I love those times. I love those times. Oh, it's just such a good sound. <laughs> the waves, you know? Um, and yeah, the sand is to my right. The cliffs are growing closer. Um, there's a bit of grass, some hilliness, more people walking. Um, quite a few people doing, I think, some repairs or some like decoration to their beach huts because we're about we're approaching that time in summer when things are going to get eased a lot more. Um, but yeah, we remain we remain on the beach. Um, what does living by the sea mean to me? Living by the sea means to me it means a lot to me. It means feeling grounded. It means feeling safe. It means feeling like, I don't know, when there's water nearby, this thing that we actually started the conversation talking about, which was home, where there is a body of water, I feel like I am home in many ways. Proximity to that feels really important and necessary for me. Like, moving to the sea in many ways, it was like this metaphorical cleanse in my life. And... Um, so whether I am here forever or I don't think I'll be here forever but I, I love being here I don't think anything is permanent right everything is subject to change but I will forever be grateful of this moment um, what it's given me what it's taught me what it's helped me to see and how it's helped me to get back to myself and like who I am and what, do, what does live want and what does live need I think like I was quite detached from that for a little while. And so that is a huge thing for the sea to have given me.
Liv's sense of calm and comfort in the space around her was palpable as she walked, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's got you thinking about where you feel most at home. Next time, we'll join Tom Leonard, also known as the Drag Queen Gardener, in a place where he feels very comfortable, as he tells us the one thing that really makes a garden. Remember, if you haven't already, to give us a follow on your podcast app, tell a friend about the podcast, and check out at Canopy and Styles on Instagram to see footage and photos from our days out recording. <laughs>